You're listening to the Folklore Forum, a podcast dedicated to discussing, dissecting, and sometimes retelling folktales. Before we dive into the episode, I wanted to remind you of a special mini-series happening over on the Generally Spooky podcast, all about Scottish fairies. There are four episodes out now. Number one, Brownies, the house-dwelling helpers. Episode two is about Gillydew and the Changelings. Episode three is about the Fairy Queen of Elfheim and Nick Nevin, my personal favorite. And episode four, the most recent, is the Scottish Washerwomen. Also, if you're interested in learning more about Scottish history or spooky stories, then go listen to their podcast on your favorite podcast app or on their website, www.generallyspooky.com. Season 4 will be launching soon, and I guarantee you'll enjoy it. Hello, and welcome to the Folklore Forum. This is episode 7, and what better way to mark the 7th episode than by chatting with the Icelandic folklorist and good friend of mine, Þórdís Edda Guðjónsdóttir. Edda grew up on a farm near Borðeri in Hrútafjörður, Strandasísla, in the northern part of Iceland. She holds a Bachelor of Arts in Folklore and a degree in teaching from the University of Iceland. In 2019, she graduated with a master's degree in information science from the University of Iceland. Her major specialization was information theories and knowledge mediation. Edda also has an interest in Western Icelanders, the group of Icelanders who immigrated to North America between 1875 and 1915, some of which were my ancestors. Her interest grew after spending a year as an exchange student in Saskatchewan, Canada, at the age of 17, which later influenced her choice of topic for her master's thesis, The Cultural Heritage of the Western Icelanders. Edda is also a volunteer with the cultural nonprofit organization Icelandic Roots, where she serves as the librarian and helps collect and preserve the important stories of the women and children who emigrated. Edda now lives in Kopavogur, Iceland, and has been teaching in elementary schools since 2004. She's also a yoga instructor and holds several teaching certifications in different styles of yoga. In this episode, Etta talks to me about odd numbers in folklore, the popularity of repetition in folk stories, spells and incantations, superstitions, some that she uses today, and we share in the joy of stories and folklore in general. Etta also explains to me the official difference between folktales and fairy tales, which makes so much sense the way she describes it. Now, if you're ready to escape into the realm of folklore and fairy tales, then come on in. The forum is now open. Welcome to the forum, Etta. Thank you. Why don't you tell us what stories you read when you were little? Uh, I read a lot of different kinds of stories, I would say. Um, You know, I I grew up around books. My parents, they read a lot and my family read a lot. My amma, which means grandmother, she was a poet as well. So uh, reading and books and stuff like that has been kind of like in my DNA. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, so we always had a good library at home and, and there were plenty of gems that you could find find there. So and um, so 
Also, there was this uh, small library in my hometown, which was open for, I don't know, a few hours, maybe once, twice a week during the winter time. And my parents, among other people, they were volunteers in the, in the library. So, and mm -hmm. I joined them there a lot when I was a kid, you know, went with them, you know, when they were working there. And so maybe that also influenced me, you know, to um, get a degree in, in library and information science. So when I was a kid, I encountered and I read all kinds of stories, such as Icelandic folk tales, stories by, um, we, call, we call him Hausi Andersen, H.C. Andersen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and also like various books by, you know, different authors like Enid Blyton. And I remember that when I was in elementary school, some of our reading books were folk tales. So I would say that I read a lot of Icelandic folk tales and um, fairy tales when I was a kid. And my mom, she used to uh, read to me a lot when I was a kid. And I think almost every night she would read to me. I mean, for those of us who grew up on a farm know that sometimes, you know, can be quite difficult to read to your kid like every single night due to, you know, different seasons in the, in the, you know, the farm work. So, but I think most nights she would read to me and she would read all kinds of books to me, stories and all sorts of things, I would say, I would think. And I think also that I, when I learned to read, I basically read everything. If it was of interest, then I would read it. Hmm. And I also remember, um, when my oldest sister, she's uh, 12 years older than me, when she came home for a visit or, you know, for the summer or whatever it was, I would always ask her to tell me the story of Hukotla, okay. which was uh, one, of my one of my favorite stories. And I think it was of like how she told it. There's a, there's no story of Hukotla like the one she tells it. <laughs> so I think it's maybe was just the, you know, the quality time I had with my sister that's so dear to me. And maybe that's why this story is, uh, means a lot to me as well. And uh, I think she tells her grandkids that same story today. So, yeah. Oh, that's great. Is your sister older? Yes, she's yeah. older than me. Yeah. Would you be able to tell us a little bit about what the story is about? Uh, sure. Bukotla is a name is a name of a cow. So there uh, was a farmer and uh, his wife, and I had in a, in a, lived like in a poverty, and it says that the only thing that I had was the little cottage, and they had one son and one cow. So one morning the cow is missing. So they send their son to go searching for the cow and they will give him <clears throat> what, what, what is often said in like Icelandic tales is they would give, give you like nesti or niya which means like uh, 
some food to take with you, like a snack or stuff, and a new pair of shoes. So he goes searching for the cow and he's on, the, on it. So he stops and has a bite to eat. And he asks, uh, so in, in Iceland, it's, it's kind of like, I have to say it in Icelandic as well, because that's kind of like a part of the story. It's like, he, he says, which is saying that, Bukotla, uh, please moo if you are alive. So he will hear like in a like a far distant moo. So he gets up and you know continues on his journey, and then you know in a while he sits down again and asks the same thing, and then he will hear her mooing mooing like a little bit closer. And so, okay, so he continue walking and continues walking and sits down for the third time and he asks again like and then he hears like the cow mooing just basically like underneath his feet so he finds the cow in a cave that was owned by uh trolls or two giant asses i i think mm -hmm. like a female troll and so he uh, rescues the cow, and on his on his way back, he notices that the the trolls are are, you know, right there, like right behind him, gaining on him. So he stops and he asks asks the cow, uh, like, what should I do? I mean, what can we do? And she tells him like, to take some you know hair off his off its tail, like the cow's tail, and put it on the floor. And he does that, and then he she kind of says. She says those uh, words, so it's kind of like a magic thing, you know. So she says this word, and but it comes true what she says. So this happens three times. So for the first time, a, a giant, like a, a river, appears in front of them. So they, you know, can you know escape, and the trolls come to the like had to have to stop by the river because it was like. Uh, it couldn't get across. So the other one tells the, okay, so the big troll tells the little troll to go back home and get the their father's bull, bull, like, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, she does that and then she comes back and the, 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 the bull drinks the water. So they will continue and kind of start gaining again on the boy and the cow. And again, the boy asks the cow, what can they do? And she says the same thing, you know, take some hair off my, out of my, like from my tail, put it on the floor. And then she um, says um, some kind of magic words and, and it will, a giant, and it turns into like a giant fire. And uh, okay, so they, you know, can I escape from the, from the trolls and, um, then the trolls come and have to stop, you know, by the fire because they can't get across. So again, the big troll says, the "Little troll, go home and get back the bull." You know, so the little kind of doesn't, in a way, it doesn't make sense. I mean, she just went home to get the bull, so why isn't why don't they have it with them? <laughs> anyway, so she goes back and gets the bull, and and they tell the bull to just pee all the water that I just drank, you know, pee on the fire. So it's, you know, uh, to put 
put out the fire. And then they again gain on the boy and the cow. And for the third time, the boys ask the cow, what can we do? I mean, and again, the cow says, which means take a hair from a tail and put it on the ground. And then it says, and then she continues like she's, uh, um, it's 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 kind of like a performing some kind of magic, you know. So, yeah. Uh, I kind of maybe I think it gets lost in translation, maybe. So, uh, so she tells the, the hair basically to expand to well, like a giant mountain, which it, which it does, and then they can escape again and enter safely to. Okay. No. Okay. So they are. Okay, so this giant uh, mountain appears and then the trolls have to stop because they can get cross and they will, the little, no, the big troll tells the little troll to go back to go home and get the, their father's big drill. And the little troll does that and then brings it back to the big troll and the big troll tries to, you know, like a drill a hole into the mountain. And the troll is so frustrated and, and so excited and it really wants to get the cow back. So once he's once he, you know, is doing the the like drilling a hole and she can see the sunshine, you know, she can see the light at the end of the, you know, on the other side. So she was so excited that instead of trying to make the hole a little bigger, she would start crawling, you know, trying to crawl into the hole to get to the, you know, get through. And she gets stuck. When she gets she gets the head out from on the other side, but gets stuck, and then of course the sun starts to shine, and she turns into a stone, and the boy and the cow uh, return safely home. <laughs> Yay! So in uh, yeah, so basically that's the way kind of like the, how the story is, how the story goes, but. Um, as I said, to me, the way my sister tells it, it's, uh, it means a lot to me. And it, you can see like in this folktale, you have this, th uh, the number three, which is a number three often appears in, in folktales and, and stories like this. And the repetition, you, the boy asks the cow, like the cow three times, what can I do? What can we do? And the cow always responds the same way take hair from my tail and put it on the ground so it's the yeah the repetition and uh, the number three mm. that that's very interesting because there's those odd numbers like three nine seven those seem to appear a lot in different mythologies and folk mm -hmm. legends and even today in marketing, they say if you're writing a blog title, seven reasons why you should change your life is more compelling than eight. Exactly. Or like the nine secrets is more intriguing than the 10 secrets. So it's like there's something in those odd numbers that we have been using for a long time. <laughs> I think, it, yes, uh, the number three, seven, nine, and at least 13. Like we have, we have 13 Yule lads for one. Right. And so, and what, 
I think what you call is like if you say something you're not gonna work, right? Know, to jinx it or, or or whatever you um call it. We do a similar thing thing. We knock on wood and we say like seven nine thirteen. Oh, so it's like a superstition thing that uh, in that way you are not jinxing anything. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. I, so you say like, oh, I never get sick. Sjöni. Then you have to knock on wood and say, Sjöni Okay. Oh, I like that. Yes. <laughs> Some um, people say you have to knock, like, it doesn't matter. You just have to knock on wood. Some people say that you have to, like, knock underneath it. Mm. Like, if you have a table, you have to, like, knock under the table instead of, like, on top of it. So it's oh. kind of sometimes for usually you just have to knock on wood doesn't really matter like where as long as it's wood and if there's no wood then just say seven nine thirteen right okay oh that's so interesting mm-hmm. yes and i like i really like that story thank you that's a great story i i haven't heard that one before and i really like it and i'm wondering is is it based on a real place like a real mountain with a stone at the bottom or is it just a story like a fictionalized I think it's just fictionalized okay Um, so there's a difference between um, a folktale and which we call Thjóðsaga and uh, in, in in Icelandic Mm-hmm. And a fairy tale, which we call like Ivintire. So the folk tale usually, or maybe always, has um, like you know what it happened, where well, you know what it took place. I mean, you get the name of the the farm, or you can you can you know the location. So it's more detailed as to mm-hmm. ge- geography wise, I would say. But for an Ivintire or fairy tale, it's uh, it can take place like anywhere, anywhere. A- and it always starts with the words Einsinivar, which means once upon a tale. <laughs> right. So that's at least, maybe this has something changed today, but when I was studying folklore, this is like one of one way we were like taught to see the difference between uh, folktale, Thilsaga, and fairy tale, Aventire. So... Ivan Thierry would take place, I mean, there's no exactly any location given as in, in the word, like in the story Bukotla. It just says that there was this, once upon a time, there were a um, couple living in a cottage or, or uh, they had one son and one cow and you can actually place it anywhere. But I think because it has these trolls in it, mm-hmm. It is related to, you know, it gets the connection to Icelandic like folklore. So you can assume it have it takes place in Iceland. Mm-hmm. But you don't know where, you don't know when or you know anything like that. So that's I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the word I Ivan theory, does mm-hmm. it also is it related to the word for adventure? Yes, well, so 
Aventiri can, the word, Icelandic word Aventiri can mean both like adventure and fairy tale. Okay. So like our Aventiri, which I would, I believe the English word for it is a fairy tale, but it doesn't really necessarily have to do anything with fairies. Right. Per se. It's just the story, but uh, maybe there's another English word for it, but that I, you know, can't at least. I can't think of any other word right now than uh, than fairy tale. <laughs> so I would yeah. say, but adventure is, as you, uh, as you can tell, like in the story of Bukotla, it is quite an adventure that the uh, the boy and the the cow kind of mm-hmm. how do you say it, like embark on. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I think um, in English too. Yes, we say fairy tales, but uh, my mind immediately jumps to Disney movies that are fairy tales and not all of them have fairies. So it's kind yeah. of the same, mm-hmm. same thing. Yeah. yeah. But once you have like a folktale, at least like in, in, in Icelandic folklore, if you have folktale, then as I said, you get more specific location, mm-hmm. which I can maybe come to uh another story uh my favorite folktale mm-hmm. is uh Mirko, which means the deacon of Mirko. so you just in the Mirko is the name of the of the place of the the farm or the where it takes place so it, you, it get, gives you more specific location sometimes even you know the year or in this case like the deacon of Mirko takes place on christmas mm-hmm. it's a very fascinating christmas story <laughs> <laughs> no um so it, it's a ghost story it's a somehow it's a, a it's my favorite folktale mm-hmm. and it i don't know why it's a I don't know. It's it's something about that folktale. I remember when I was, you know, as I said, in my parents' library, there were a lot of gems there. I mean, you could, you know, all sorts of books. And I remember finding this one, you know, thin, small book, which was a, like a collection of ghost stories from the Jón um, Arnason's collection of, of folktales. Mm-hmm. And so, so it had like few ghost stories in it. Uh, the Deacon of Mirko being the one. I don't know why I started reading, you know, that particular folktale. And I know that uh, a lot of times I try to read the whole book, like from the beginning to the end. Mm-hmm. But I always ended like just reading Deacon of Mirko. I try to read, like read the story like the, before that. Before the before the deacon and after, but sometimes I always like return the pages. I start reading the, the the deacon of Mirko, so I knew it by heart. And in that folktale, you will get like rhymes, like uh, no, not rhymes, like verses, mm-hmm. something that the ghost is saying, mm. and kind of he says it in a poetic way, like like it's a recite, like it's a poem. Mm. And I, I knew that all those things, I, I knew it all by heart. Oh, wow. I don't know if I can today, like 
but I think <laughs> I think it's kind of like stuck in my head and yeah, it's uh, I re I don't know. It's I really like that story and uh, something about ghost stories. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, I know it's not the plot is nowhere near the same, but there's when you said Christmas and ghosts, I immediately think of Charles Dickens' mm. book and movie, A Christmas Carol. <laughs> Yes, no, no. <laughs> it terrified me as a child, but now as an adult, I appreciate it a lot more. Yeah, it has a meaning. I mean, it's a teaching you something. Yes, it is teaching us something, which mm. I think is very relevant to today. Maybe we should watch it more at Christmas. <laughs> I think so. But, but this one, I think this one is more, uh, well, I haven't read uh, the Charles Dickens story. What's it, what's it called again? Christmas? No, the a, night a Christmas. Christmas. No, a Christmas Carol. A Christmas Carol. I I haven't read the book myself, but I know the story. I mean, I've seen movies and and cartoons, yeah. so I, I know you know what the story is about. And um, the Deacon of Mirka is more. Um, haunting it's yeah. i know that the people the person in the christmas carol is probably terrified seeing of seeing those three ghosts mm -hmm. and there's this one ghost in the in the deacon and the deacon of mirko and but how it's set the scene you will it's a full moon and the, it described as the moon is like riding the skies and it's so you know kind of kind of gig if it can give you goosebumps and it's uh kind of terrifying yeah scary have they ever made a movie version of it or a tv uh, um they should I, if they haven't <laughs> i don't think there has been made a, i don't think there's a movie but i think they made a play i don't know if the local like a nearby theater like a, a theater group in a nearby town if they you know, put on a play, or if it was, I've, I'm pretty sure it has been made into some kind of TV episode, some kind of maybe a part of something else. Yeah. But no, I can't remember a movie or, you know, but I remember seeing it on TV, I think. Okay. <laughs> and do you have do you have a least favorite story? Not really. Well, that's good. Not there's no not that I can think of. I I have read a lot of stories, especially uh, Icelandic folk tales, and I can't think of anyone that I disliked. I mean, you, when you're reading the stories, you also have to keep in mind that when it took place, I mean, the things that were considered like normal in that time is not considered normal today. Mm -hmm. And sometimes not even like, it's not okay. So you have to, you have to think of those things as well. You have to think about the time those stories were written, how, when the, those stories were told, and yeah, yeah, kind of 
So I think with that in mind, I can't find any, I, I, at least I don't remember any that I really disliked. All the ones that I have read in, from the Icelandic collection, like ones that I've read in English versions, I, I enjoy every single one of them. They're very, there's a huge variety of mm -hmm. topics and styles. And... Mm -hmm. Yes. And there's, there are differences between uh, tales from like the East Fjords or the West Fjords or the North and South. And um, some of them are similar you can see like a similar theme mm -hmm. appearing and also similar theme with uh, folktales from other countries but then there's also folktales that are you know kind of more localized like you know mm -hmm. specific to a certain group or you can sometimes tell the difference between um, if the person telling the story is a female or like is a woman mm -hmm. or a man Mm -hmm. Maybe sometimes different words, different expression, different details. Yeah, okay. And uh, what else? Okay. <laughs> I think all that is wonderful. And I know I'm going to ask you to come back because I would love to do a whole episode on um, talking about the the... I never know how to pronounce it in Icelandic, but the Nikor or the Nick, Nicker? Yeah, Nick. And the, versus the Kelpies of Scotland. Mm -hmm. And then I also want to do a whole episode of the seal people stories from Iceland and then the Selkie stories from Scotland because sure. they're great and they're scary. And <laughs> well, the, the, the horse one is the Kelpies are scary. You know, I, I, Love talking about folklore and folktales. So anytime. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes a joke about I don't know. It just it just came to mind that sometimes a joke about um, because I was talking about ghost stories before. Mm -hmm. This ghost story, and I really like ghost stories, which I find pretty interesting because I'm I'm afraid of the dark. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I sometimes say that um, I'm af I'm afraid of the dark because I'm a folklorist, mm -hmm. and I'm a folklorist because I'm afraid of the dark. So it's kind of <laughs> like which what came first, like which came first, like the egg or the chicken. Mm -hmm. So it <laughs> which one is it? Good question. Good question. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much for your time, Edda, and for sharing your stories. And I will have you back. You'll hear from Edda again. Thank you. My pleasure. It's, it's been fun. Thank you for inviting me, Natalie. I really, as I said, I really love talking about folklore. So anytime. <laughs> me too, which is why I wanted to start a podcast. So that I had an excuse <laughs> to talk about it and have a purpose and put it somewhere. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Folklore Forum. New episodes are released every other Friday on the website, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Audible, and most places where you find podcasts. 
Until next time, I'm Natalie Gutormson, and this has been the Folklore Forum. Do you want more folklore in your life? Head on over to our website, www.folkloreforum.org, and sign up to get email notifications every Friday, including when new episodes drop, and I also share exclusive stories not heard on the podcast, and original short stories written by me, Natalie Gutormson. That's www.folkloreforum.org.